You're listening to the Teach Better Talk podcast featuring expert educators eager to share progressive tactics to reach more students. Teach Better Talk is created by teachers and fueled by passion. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 103 of Teach Better Talk. I'm Ray Hewart, and as always, I'm with my synergetic friend, Jeff Gargas. How are you doing, Jeff? Synergetic, huh? Well, you know, I'm trying to come up with these fancy words, and we are flooded with all these people sending nice words. It's just, you're not really that kind, and all these people keep thinking you're kind. I think synergetic's a nice word. It is a nice word. It was a good vocabulary term. Do you want to define it for our group? It's it's well it's like the synergy of it's a collaborative it's collaboration I guess or willing to it's a the way in work synergy is working together right to I guess collaboration is the best way that I can do that like there's this no yeah so if any like ten year olds are listening and they didn't know that word you just defined it I'm so proud of you yeah (laughs) I like to think I'm synergetic right I I love working with people I, I I always love to find ways that I can work with someone else to do something and to be a part I of something. I think that's true. And I, I think that working with others well actually blends in perfectly with what this podcast episode was about with Sheldon because it was really about having a space where people truly get to know each other and blend kind of ideas and culture. Yeah. Really so listen to his ideas. So two things on that. That's absolutely right. Is one is I, I want to work with Sheldon. He's amazing. Like this was such a good episode. Um, but he touches on something that I, that's, that I think is, and he talks about like, I think it's being talked about more, but I don't, it's still not being talked about enough and there's not enough being done about it, but he's talking, we talk a lot about, uh, he's talking a lot about equity and, and understanding the culture and really like immersing yourself in the, different cultures that are in your in your uh in your classroom in your community and in your world and 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 things that you're with the students that you're working with or the colleagues that you're working with the people that you know and getting to know that and stuff um so uh you and i were talking about sort of a uh a a good sort of starting point or a way an actual practical way in which you can do this and explore this this topic in your classroom and i know you do sure. something in your sixth grade math class which i know some people might be thinking well, wait a minute how do you do that in a sixth grade math class but i love the way you do it so um can you walk us through the the way in which you kind of attack that issue or, or that 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 topic in your class absolutely i mean sheldon talks a lot about us needing to not just talk about things but actually implement them actually do them put them into action And so I think it's perfect for us to share some tactical next steps. You could literally listen to this episode and turn around and tomorrow go do in your classroom. Um, Some easy ones is, I mean, geez, if you want to get to know your students and get to know their cultures, provide them opportunities to express themselves, even if it's just something as easy as like a student survey. Um, I know that a lot of teachers do writing prompts. That could be really great ways to learn about your students. And there's a lot of different ways using technology. They go back and forth with the conversation being a little more private between your students and yourself. Um, some of I, my goofy way is, um, for those of you that know my classroom, if you've been listening to Teach Better Talk for a while or connect with us on other uh, mediums, my students work within themed internships that are all sponsored by local businesses. 
Um, I won't get too much into this, but I use the teach further model, which allows my students to essentially take on a real job. And then they explore the math that we're learning in math class in that job. So one of the first jobs they take on, it's actually about the second job they take on in my classroom, is we are um, traveling around the world as travel agents. And um, we not only travel as travel agents to a number of different beautiful places, um, but they are exploring their own cultures and sharing with the students in their classroom about the cultures of those areas. And then as we visit those areas, they're using numbers to explain population, elevation. We climb up mountains and we go deep sea diving. And it's a great way to not only explore integers, rational numbers, but it allows students who identify with being Indian or Hispanic or, um, gosh, I mean, everywhere around the world, it seems like we always have somebody sharing their culture, their background, their celebrations. And it's a it's a really fun way to get to know my students really early on in the school year. Uh, it's so hard the first few weeks. I mean, you're learning their names, but we really do need to do better at new at truly getting to know our students. And that's where this kind of movement of building relationships with our students has really come to fruition over the past few years. But I love getting to know, you know, the holidays they celebrate and how they greet one another and, you know, what they do at home outside of school that relates to their background. I think it's really powerful. So anytime you can embed those purposeful learning opportunities into the content purposeful learning opportunities, I think can be really beneficial for any classroom. Yeah, and I I love that you do that with your students because now they're sharing with each other and they're learning about each other and they're learning the the diversity that's within the, their peers in their classroom. There, Sheldon actually touches on the on, on a story that he shares about uh, about a time that he realized that just because he looked like someone else didn't mean that they shared the same culture. And so I think yeah. that's a really that's a really cool thing. You know, you can you can see some diversity, but there's so much that you also cannot see, and that you and diving into those backgrounds and truly understand the different uh, the different backgrounds and the different cultures that, that we all come from is a really, it's just such a, a, an important thing and a cool thing. I love that you do that in classroom. So I, I super excited that Sheldon went there and we were able to share that here. And hopefully if anyone's listening, they can kind of take up your, your travel guide, uh, unit, which is super cool. So, uh, so this episode we already touched on, we've already said it like six times. It's just, just a phenomenal episode. Um, so much value and something that's very, very important, uh, but uh, Sheldon Aikens uh, joined us, and he is the director of of the Leading Equity Center uh, and host of the Leading Equity podcast. He's also a special ed teacher, uh, a little over 11 years in education. He's been a teacher, principal, and then now the director of special education. Um, he's in a very unique um, uh, situation where he, where he teaches and some really cool culture that he talks about and shares with us there. Like, I love how, how in-depth he gets in, in the stories he shares with us, but uh Super fun episode. So much value. I learned so much. It was like, I, I almost, at one point I almost couldn't speak. I didn't have like the words to go to the next question because I was just still absorbing everything that he was saying. So I'm super excited for everyone to, to hear this. Ray, anything that you want them to specifically listen for or that really stood out? You know, can I be a little lame, Jeff, and say that you should not only take in everything from this episode, but you absolutely should go subscribe to Sheldon's podcast yes. and leave a rating and review because that is how 
you know, when you leave a late or rating and review for a podcast, that's how other listeners find the podcast. So you're actually like allowing um, the the host to kind of share their message. So I really would love for all of you to go do that either before you listen to the episode, but then come back and listen to the whole thing, or you can wait till after. Yeah, and in that podcast, you're talking 100 plus uh, episodes. So that's 100 plus conversation that Sheldon has been having with other educators and other folks um, around equity. So, so much to learn there, so much value there. So super, super excited to get into episode 103 with Sheldon Akins. What's up, podcast? It's Jeff. Hey, we're going to get right back in the episode, but I wanted to jump in and make sure you are aware of the Teach Better Conference coming November 8th and 9th here in Northeast Ohio. You can get all the information over at teachbetterconference.com. Make sure you use the code PODCASTTALK to save $50 on either one of those two-day registrations. I look forward to seeing you in November at Teach Better Conference. Let's get back to the episode. All right, we are here and we are talking with Sheldon Akins and Sheldon, super excited to have you on and, and I've just, I've got to go right at it, right to start with how awesome you are because you're in your car, you had a delayed flight, you're on your way back from a conference and you had a whole bunch of reasons you could have told us we needed to reschedule and you didn't, you're here, you're rocking it out. So we not only are excited to have you on, but we really appreciate that. That just says a lot about you, I think, and that makes me super excited for this episode. So really appreciate that and appreciate you taking some time out and hanging out with us. Uh, before we get going any further, man, I just want to see like how you feeling right now. I'm feeling good. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm having a good day so far. It was, it was a long day because of all the travel, and I still have a little bit further to go before I'm actually in the house, but I'm feeling good. Yeah, Sheldon, you sound like you've had a really long day, but we'll try and take an easy you on this podcast, I promise. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's easy to start with the first question because we really just want our listeners to get to know you. I was so thankful to be connected with you for the past few months. I loved being a part of your podcast, which I really hope we talk all about during this episode. But would you mind for our listeners just sharing kind of all that you do? Yes, all that I do. How much time? Um, <laughs> I'll tell you this. Uh, first of all, I'm a family man. Uh, I have two kids and a wife, and and I live here in Pocatello, Idaho. Ooh. A wonderful place. Very rural place. Uh, so my daytime job is a special education director. Uh, I have the fortunate um, opportunity to work on a Native American reservation. And so uh, as a special education director, we work with, uh, there's a total of about 110 students at the school. And that's grades six through 12. So it's a smaller school. And that's what I do in a day. And then I also, like you mentioned, I have a podcast called the Leading Equity Podcast, which is a podcast that focuses on providing educators with the tools and resources necessary to ensure equity at their school. Um, and then recently I started the leading equity center. So that's, that's what I do in a nutshell. Well, that's a, Wonderful. it's a big nutshell. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot going on. So, so you're, the school that you're at is a, a unique situation. I think the first we've had anyone who's in that situation, can you kind of, can you tell us, maybe share some of the differences that, that you might be experiencing on a daily basis being there versus your quote unquote typical public education? You know, that's a good question. And, and <clears throat> you know, there's so much culture 
on a reservation. Mm -hmm. So there's actually two tribes that are represented on this uh, reservation. And so the school is situated in a really nice location there. Um, like I said, it's about 110 students. And I mean, on any given day, I could easily walk down the hall. I could smell cedar burning um, where they're doing various rituals uh, for, you know, there's things called the smudge. And basically, you know, you're just trying to if you think about it from a, uh, you know, just like that, or like, you know, I have a bad vibe and, you know, so I'll burn some cedar to, you know, kind of clear the air, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, on a typical day, I'll see students come in with a buffalo that they just hunted and, and killed. And now they're going through the process of cleaning the buffalo hide and doing those kind of things or building a, a drum um, from buckskin or they're, you know, maybe making a flute. I mean, it's just so much culture. And it's just part of my day, especially you know, I've been out there for about four years. And part of my day is just learning as much as I can about the culture. And then in addition to that, I mean, I share about my culture and mm -hmm. you know, students ask me questions, teachers ask me questions. So it's very different than a typical public school setting um, because of the sovereignty. So religion is, is fine. Uh, every you know, at the beginning of each week, we have what we call opening ceremonies. And that's usually about a 10 minute time where there's prayer, there's, uh, you know, the principal will make announcements. And then at the end of the week, we do closing ceremonies. And again, that's uh, a closing prayer, you know, for the weekend, everyone be safe kind of thing, any other announcements. And, you know, there's rituals and ceremonies that happen, assemblies that happen. And again, you won't get those type of things at a traditional public school. Now, are you are you teaching to the same state standards, or are they, or do they, are there special regulations, different regulations on a reservation, or are they state standards? Yeah. So, good question. Okay, how do I break this down? Because <laughs> it's we're we're sovereign. We're part of a sovereign nation, mm -hmm. right? So there, we I don't report to the state. However, I do get the state standards, but everything is run through the Bureau of Indian Education, which is underneath the department of u.s department of education so all my reporting like state testing we do the state testing but it doesn't count if, you, if, if that makes sense like it doesn't count towards what we're doing um because we report to the bie so even though we do the state testing even though um, i do you know make sure that my paperwork as far as a special education director is in line a lot of it is the same but some of it would be a little bit more. Some of it might be a little less according to what the state standards say. And so, so if the state standard, if the state testing doesn't count, what's, is, is the purpose for doing that just for, so the state also has that data or. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's, yeah. So, so that the state has the data so we can compare what we're doing in, in comparison to the other schools in the state. Uh, but again, just as far as what we're required to do, as far as what the BIE wants us to do uh, is something that we add on um, just again, to kind of measure where we're at and, sure. and, you know, see where things are. Great. Well, I appreciate you kind of giving us a little insight and that's the, that's a, a very interesting um, scenario. And so appreciate that a whole lot. Uh, I, I want to talk uh, more about your podcast, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. uh, and actually, so, so maybe about the podcast and then the, the leading equity center as well. Can you kind of tell us, so uh, I assume that they're connected in a way, and did they come about at the same time, one before the other? What's the 
what's the mission and what are you trying to accomplish with those? Yeah. So about a year ago, this time last year, uh, I was just coming back from Chicago from the um, National Principals Conference. And I went to a session with Jethro Jones and Danny Sunshine Bauer and William Parker. And it was podcasting 101. And at the time, I was kind of considering, okay, I want to either blog or I want to podcast. And I realized, you know what, I don't really like to do the writing thing. And so I, w- I just wanted some more information about podcasting. And they kind of broke it down as far as what podcasting looks like. And they even did a live recording of an interview. And I was like, you know what, this is really not as hard as I thought it is. And that kind of sparked my interest. And one of the things, and I've, and I've been listening to podcasts for a while, but one of the things that I, I used to notice was, you know, there's things that I deal with or there's topics that I'm really interested in that are centered around equity. And although I love to learn how to be, you know, better leader or maybe a better teacher, but how do I address issues of equity? And I just, I didn't see that information on a consistent basis. And so I'm like, I can't be the only person that feels this way. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to create a podcast that is dedicated to nothing but topics centered around equity. And equity is such a broad umbrella. I mean, so that that includes special education, social, emotional learning, uh, behavior management. I mean, there's, there's so much packed into it. And so that's basically how things started a year ago. And then I would say maybe about four months ago, I was like, I kept getting all the same questions, you know, how, how can I be more culturally responsive or how can I be a better advocate at my school when it comes to issues of equity? What can I do? And so I created a course called Teaching Through a Culturally Diverse Lens. And so that's kind of the birth of the leading equity center. So yeah, they are tied together, but the podcast came first. And then as I started getting a lot of the same questions coming up about okay, how can I be better with equity? I know this is an issue at my school. There's things that are happening, but I don't really know what to do. I don't really know what to say. I don't know what some of these terminology, like some of the terms are that I hear a lot and I don't know what to do. So I'm actually in week, it's a six week program and we're currently at the time of this recording, I think this is week four. And uh, I have several students and I have such a diverse range of, of students that are in it. I have superintendents, I have, uh, teachers, I have counselors at district level and in a school level, people that are aspiring to be teachers that are in this program. And so every, so we have five kind of like a classroom session where we, we meet on Zoom and we, we talk about various issues and, you know, we, I facilitate discussion in addition to the actual course content where the students can like watch videos, lessons that I have created to kind of learn more about how they can address issues of equity. So I think it's a really cool course. This is, um, like I said, it's kind of new and uh, I'll be rolling it out again in October, but this is, uh, it's learning experience for me because, you know, just talking to other people that are in either similar situations where, you know, maybe they live in a state or an area or to work in a school where they're, they feel like they're the only ones that are advocating for their students. And they just kind of want some more guidance on how to be a better advocate for their, for their, for the students. Oh man, such, uh, and it's, that's important work that you're doing. That's, that's really awesome. Um, and I love that you have that going on. Where can we go? Where's the best place to go to find more information on, on all of that? So 
www.leadingequitycenter.com. That is the website. That is where that information is. Of course, if you have iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, those kind of things, you can go to, you know, find Leading Equity Podcast. And I post all my episodes on my other website, which is sheldonakins.com. And I'm going to make sure that we have, we'll have all that over in the show notes for everyone to easily find and click through to that. So that's awesome. I really appreciate you sharing all that with us. So now I'm, I'm super excited about asking this. So this is one of my favorite questions to ask. You know, we talk a lot about on, on the podcast, we always talk about failure. You know, I talk a lot about being fortunate enough to have failed a lot because they, you know, every, every failure that I've had, regardless of how much I didn't enjoy them when they happen, as I look back, I see how they've molded me. So I'm excited for you to share a story with us about a time that you've had a failure can you share us, kind of take us take us there with you, tell us what happened, how did you overcome it, and then what did you take away from that? Good question. So first job, first teaching job ever, fresh out of college, I get a phone call, just randomly playing, I think I was playing video games with my brother on the couch, and they're like, yeah, I'm the superintendent from the Virgin Islands, do you want to come out and teach? We need a history teacher. I'm like, Virgin Islands? Shoot. You had me at hello. <laughs> and I'm like, of course. So, you know, I get recruited to go to the Virgin Islands to teach history. And, uh, you know, I'm on the first plane basically out. And, oh, such an amazing experience. But Jeff and Ray, one of the things about being a, a black person on an island, I blend in. And <laughs> it's, it's not until I start speaking that they realize, wait a second, you're not from here. You're a Yankee. You're from the <laughs> mainland. And you're like, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, man, I, I'm, they found me. Like, you know, like they found <laughs> out I'm, I'm not local. But I would say one of the biggest failures that I had was when I first got there because I came straight from the States. I came from this mindset of, you know, all cultures are the same. You know, all black people are, uh, have a lot of similar characteristics. And I thought oh, I could just kind of navigate the way I would navigate in the States. And so like I would have students come up to me, hey, uh, good morning, Mr. Akins, or good afternoon, Mr. Akins. And I'm like, hey, what's up, yo? Hey, how y'all doing? Yo, what's up? What's up? And like my roommate at the time, he was also a teacher at the school. He was like, hey, hey, Sheldon, like, like all the kids are saying that you're being rude to them. I'm like, what What are you talking about? What Be rude. I'm like, they say, they say, hello, you know, good morning and stuff. And I say, hey, what's up, man? How y'all doing, man? Good to see you. I'm like, yeah, but in our culture, when someone says good morning to you, you say good morning back. Like, you don't say what's up. You don't say like you treat, you answer them the same way that they answered you. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, cause I had no clue. I was just thinking I was just you know, this is what we do in the States, because where I come from in the States, we don't necessarily just say good morning to each other. That's not necessarily a thing. And, you know, we say, what's up? Or, hey, what's happening? What's, you know, what you up to? Those kind of things. That's how we greet each other. You know, the head nod. Those are the things that we do. And over there, it was a lot different. And so I had to quickly learn that I was being perceived as rude, even though I thought, you know, intentionally, I thought I was actually being nice and I was actually thought I was being outgoing and, you know, just being that cool new teacher. But instead, I was being the cool, rude teacher. Um, and so I once I learned about that culture piece, I was like, OK, what other things culturally am I missing out on? What other things do I not know about that I need to learn about quickly? Because I don't want to. OK, so I addressed 
the greetings part, but there's other things within their culture that I'm not addressing. And I don't want to not, you know, I don't want to miss those as well. So I just, I just engulf, like, I just engulfed myself with their culture. I mean, I did everything that I could, any kind of activities, festivals, um, any kind of event, I was there. And I, I had never kayaked before, but you know, there's so many beaches out there and they had a kayak team. I joined the kayak team. I started to be a coach. I had never picked up a paddle in my life yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn how to, how to be a kayaker. And I just, everything that I could learn, I just in, embraced, embraced that culture. And that was a very, very valuable lesson to me because sometimes we, you know, especially if we don't identify with the same background. I'm just thinking, you know, I'm black, so there's a lot of things that are similar, but even within blackness, there's so many different community things that when you're in those settings, you have to learn. And I didn't do that at first. And that was like, once I learned, okay, just saying good morning, good afternoon, good night, those kind of things is one piece. That was kind of like that door that opened up for me to say, okay, what else do you need to learn? What else do you not know? about this culture that you're serving. Sheldon, I think that was my favorite failure story I have ever Mm -hmm. had heard on this podcast. Like I love this idea, this, this focus of needing to really get to know the cultural background of your students to ensure that you are reaching them as, as deeply as possible. I mean, whether you're on a beautiful island or in the Midwest, you know, middle of nowhere, small town, this is relevant in every single school. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it was a lesson that I learned within the first few weeks. Uh, I was just so mesmerized with all the beauty that was on the island. And yet I didn't take the time to really learn about it. It's like, I saw it, it was there. But it, what like it was just, oh that's nice that's a nice beautiful tree oh this this island this 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 beach is so nice look at this sand this is awesome but I didn't take like I didn't go any further than that and that was that was a valuable lesson for me. All right, if you are listening right now to Teach Better Talk, I want to challenge you to consider what cultural backgrounds you have not explored that exist in your classroom right now because I can tell you in my classroom there's such diversity. There are so many things I still have to learn. And this is a perfect example, you know, call to action. You have to go and explore more because that's how we're connecting with our students. Your example was perfect. I love that, Sheldon. You know, with everything that you have done, which your background is so neat, I'm like soaking all this in and everything you're continuing to do it, to do and the dreams you have for the future. I mean, What's fueling your fire? What what's keeping you excited about education and everything that you're doing? What's the most exciting for me right now is I and and it could be just the circles that I'm in and just kind of like maybe my own uh, biases when it comes to equity. But I'm hearing a lot more conversations centered around equity, how yeah. we can better serve our students, how we can. Uh, make sure that our students of color are being treated fairly and getting what they need and not just about equality, but we're actually looking at each individual student and seeing what their needs are. That's what's so exciting for me. But I put a caveat out there, Ray, because sometimes I've seen these conversations happen as either one and done. So, you know, I'll go to this professional development 
and you know, two hour session, half a day session, rah, rah, rah. I'm excited. I'm pumped. But how much is that being applied? Like how, how quickly are teachers are applying this information or, or the other thing that I'm seeing is, okay, these things are now becoming buzzwords. Oh, you know what? You know, I'm, I'm very culturally responsive or, or I'm very diverse or I'm, I'm all about inclusion or I'm all about social emotional learning. Like those words are getting thrown out in conversations, but the action is not always there. And so while I'm excited that these conversations are happening more and more, I like to make sure that the action is happening behind it. So you know how you read a book, I don't know, self-help book, uh, you know, how to, you know, I don't know how to clean your room in two minutes, whatever it is. You know, are we able to apply that information after we've actually read through that book? Are we practicing these things and not just one activity, one project, but we're continually sustaining a culturally responsive classroom? Oh, my God, Jeff, are you like having a heart attack on the other end of the microphone over there? He literally just repeated the teach better mindset of yeah. like needing to put all this stuff into action and mm. fluffing enough. Yeah, you guys are with me. That's I mean, it's it's one thing to teach better. Right. But, you know, we we have to apply these things. We can't just read book after book after book or watch YouTube after YouTube or podcast after podcast. We have to actually be applying these mm -hmm. things. That's how we help our students. At, the, at You know, that's how we get them to where they need to be. Absolutely. My God. So with Sheldon, obviously, I mean, you are speaking my language. I think we could talk on this for hours. I want to know for we we have a ton of listeners right now hearing your message. They're feeling inspired about wanting to ensure that what they're seeing is actually being put in place. What advice do they need to be successful in doing that? So here's the thing. And there's a lot of research that supports what I'm about to say. Teacher preparation programs do not always prepare teachers on issues centered around equity. So even myself, and I went to a historically black college. And like I said earlier in our conversation, I went across the seas to a, an island thinking, oh, I'm prepared. I know everything I need to know how to be a good teacher. Yet there was issues or challenges that I had initially. So I think the teacher preparation programs, a lot of them are really good with foundational, you know, theoretical practices. You know, this is, you know, the theory of learning and this is uh, this framework and that framework. But when it comes to being culturally responsive and looking at your demographics and saying, okay, this is a class that I have. These are the content or standards that I'm supposed to teach. How do I make sure that this is relevant, that the students can see themselves with what I'm going to teach? How do I make sure, you know, if I'm so inundated with, okay, the tests, you know, I got to prepare them for the tests, for the state exam or for whatever, you know, summative assessments or whatever it is that I have to do. So I'm just, focus on making sure that they get that information, but I'm not actually looking at who my classroom makeup is, like who's in my class and what cultures they're bringing, what assets do they have? You know, are they bilingual? Are they multilingual? Like what is there that I could use as an asset as opposed to looking at as, as a deficit? And I see a lot of teacher prep programs may have one class built in to their you know, there may be 10 classes and one of them is a diverse class and, you know, they just pack everything in 
So maybe they'll talk about race, maybe they'll talk about sexual identity, and maybe they'll talk about special education. It's all within that 16 weeks or eight week class. And that's it. That's the only thing that's being talked about. And then they do their student teaching in certain areas where they're not actually going to end up getting a job. And so then they come out again, they graduate and they're still unprepared to deal with various cultures that are represented in our school. We, our demographics are shifting. I believe it's like 51% of our student population is students of color. And if we're not thinking about how students of color make up the majority of a lot of these classrooms, and we're just thinking, okay, here's a, a new teaching practice that I've had and that I learned while I was in college, and we're not looking at it from an individual basis and looking at what students are actually bringing to the table, how engaged do we expect all of them to be? How, how well do we think that they're going to perform if they never see anybody that looks like them in their, in their content? If you're teaching science and all of your scientists or all the theories and everything is built off of white folks and they don't ever see any Latinx uh, scientists or contributions from indigenous science or African-American science, then what are they going to think? They're going to think, well, maybe my people haven't really contributed to this field. And that's the part that we have to do as educators in making sure that that information is being shared as well. Ray, I'm like, I'm sitting over here and I know I'm supposed to ask the next question, but I'm like just trying to absorb all this. I, I can't even speak. Sheldon, this is seriously just an awesome episode. I'm super excited right now. I'm so glad that you pulled over into a Taco Bell parking lot <laughs> and then had and to I, move. I, I, now you're yeah. where, like outside of a hotel or something. Uh, this yeah. is... This is awesome. Um, so let's uh, we we've just it's just been a an outpouring of, of so much value here and and some and some things that I think I hope is getting everyone listening really thinking about what they are or are not doing and putting into practice right now. And I hope they're thinking of all the ways that they can take steps to to, to further uh, these thoughts and and to further the way they're they're looking at equity and the diversity in their classrooms and in their schools and. And learning the culture and stuff. I know it's going through my head right now. So really, really awesome. Loving it. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of fun right now. Not that we haven't had fun the whole time, but you know what I mean. We're going to have a little more fun here. So we're going to do the next six questions. And your goal is to answer each one in 15 seconds or less. You ready to go? Let's do it. All right. What is one ed tech tool you cannot live without? Audacity. Give us a book that you're reading right now. The book I'm reading right now is called Expert Secrets by Richard Brunson. Uh, who do we need to follow on Twitter or Instagram today? So one of my good friends um, is Erica B. Rivera. She is awesome. Again, if you're interested in learning about equity stuff, she is a go-to person that I look at as well. Uh, she and I communicate all the time. Uh, give us a good YouTube channel, website, uh, podcast, or some sort of resource for educators. So I have like there's a three that I go to is Black History Buff. There's class dismissed and integrated schools are some of my favorites that I listen to. Podcasts that I Those listen are podca to. All three podcasts? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, give us a daily, weekly, or monthly routine every teacher should get into. Uh, 15 seconds. Okay. Uh, <laughs> checking your, your implicit bias, just self-reflection and seeing, okay, the different types of things that you're doing in a classroom, your decisions that you're making, just a lot of self-reflection is important. And what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? My dad once told me that you'll never be caught up. There's always going to be work to do. Mm. Isn't that it's the truth? The truth. Yeah. 
<laughs> right? We say as we're recording this at nine o'clock at night on a Monday. I mean, it's the truth. You'll never be pu- caught up, but that's okay. You just gotta hustle. Yeah, yeah. I was I was at a really low point at that time <laughs> where I felt overwhelmed with all. I, I was a principal at the time, and I had so much to do. And he just told me, Sheldon, you'll never be caught up. Just take one thing at a time. It's hmm. great advice. Nailed it, Ray. Nailed it. From the parking lot, he nailed it. But you're getting the trophy. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to ship it to the the parking lot, so don't leave. Okay. I'll be here. (laughs) Well, I want to make sure all listeners can connect with you, Sheldon. I was a fan before, but I'm even more so one now. I've loved getting to hear more of your background, your story, your call to actions. This will be an episode. I know it sounds silly, but... You know, we record these and then they release weeks and weeks later. I will be listening back to this episode. There's so much value. Would you mind sharing with our listeners how they can get connected with you, stay connected with you, and hopefully subscribe and rate and review your podcast? Sure. So my podcast is Leading Equity, and um, and it's available on Google, Stitcher, uh, what else? Google, Stitcher, Spotify. And then Lipson, if you're listening to it on Lipson, my Twitter handle is Sheldon Akins at Sheldon Akins, and that's Akins is spelled E A K I N S. My Instagram is the same, Sheldon Akins. My website is SheldonAkins.com. And if you want more information on how to be better with teaching through a culturally diverse lens, that's at www.leadingequitycenter.com. I don't have any YouTube channels right now, uh, and I do have a Facebook page. So you can find me at the uh, at Leading Equity on Facebook as well. Awesome. And you know you can find all the links and all the resources we've mentioned in this episode over at teachbetter.com as well as those really important links for connecting with Sheldon, checking out the, the Leading Equity Center, listening to the podcast, all of that. So make sure you head over to the show notes at teachbetter.com for everything there. Be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. And if you could give us a rating and review, we'd really appreciate that as well. And let's take it one step further. Think of just three of your colleagues who need to hear these amazing stories and share this podcast with them. Sheldon, this was a phenomenal episode. There's so much value in there, so much in, in, importance in, in what you shared with us today. Truly, truly appreciate you taking the time uh, and sharing your story with us, sharing your knowledge with us, and, and having a little bit of fun with us. We, we just really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, well, it was my pleasure. Thanks for having me on the show. And until next time, let's get out there and let's teach better. Mm-hmm.